Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to pick up your copy of my ebook, All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo. In it, we examine life lessons that can be learned from seven great fictional detectives, including Columbo, Sherlock Holmes, and Nero Wolfe. Uh, you can pick up your copy for the Kindle, for the Nook, for the iPad, and we even have audiobook versions available at audible.com or in the iTunes store. Well, now we turn to this uh, week's new uh, series, Easy Money. Throughout much of the history of radio and motion pictures, the focus of crime movies was on murders, maybe with a few robberies uh, thrown in. You wouldn't really find serious crime stories told about lesser crimes as a general rule. Murder was thought to be more exciting and more interesting. However, Dragnet uh, had success even in the earlier going with uh, episodes that uh, focused on particular rackets, such as the obituary racket. In 1950, CBS launched an entire television series dedicated to fighting confidence games. It was called Racket Squad, and it aired over CBS uh, in original uh, programs from 1951 to 53, and actually was nominated for two primetime Emmys. Uh, the series focused on a wide variety of different con games uh, that would uh, afflict uh, people. Uh, and in some ways, it served a great educational purpose, as criminals had gotten very sophisticated, far more than the average person of the time. Uh, there was even a Racket Squad in Action comic book that uh, told uh, four to five stories, each exposing a different sort of racket. Some of them were relatively penny-ante, like explaining how some people might con a cashier into getting extra change. In some cases, cheating them out of less than a dollar, which almost makes me nostalgic if that was a big enough problem to address in a comic book. That'd be uh, great today. However, one of the most interesting programs to come out of this racket-busting era was a program called Easy Money that aired over NBC Radio. starred Larry Haynes as Mike Trent, a magician-turned-detective focused on exposing rackets, particularly those in regards to gambling. Though we do have one episode where he addresses a non-gambling con. The series ran from 1954 to 55, and was one of a long line of programs NBC tried out, but ultimately turned out to be one season wonders. And this one, I think, truly is a wonder. And we have the first episode of Easy Money, original air date, October 3rd, 1954, and this one is The Football Pool Racket. National Broadcasting Company presents the first program in a new series, exposing the inside secrets of gamblers, racketeers, and con men. It's called Easy Money. Easy Money? There's no such thing as easy money. That's the opinion of Mike Trent, 
the famous magician who turned detective to break the easy money rackets wide open. Mike Trent is the man who knows all the answers when it comes to confidence games and gambling frauds. Tonight, he has a story that's going to blow off the lid on the football pool swindle. Here he is, Mike Trent. Thank you, Bill McCord. In this sports-minded country of ours, almost all of us have had experience with making up our own pool on football, baseball, or boxing. It's a small-time harmless amusement. But there's another kind of pool, and that's the big-time football pool. A nationwide lottery based on the scores of the leading games each week. Well, getting inside of this kind of a pool has always been a tough problem. These pools are big business, with a network of straw bosses out front and a head man whose identity is a mighty well-kept secret. I had the luck, good or bad, to get a personal invitation to meet one of these football lottery kingpins. It came suddenly and surprisingly one day while I was in my office with Patsy Ryan, the little Irish whirlwind who runs my office. And, uh, occasionally tries to run me as well. She was typing a letter when all of a sudden she said, Mike, with your reputation as a detective, why do you have to take the kind of cases you do? Hmm? What's wrong with the kind of cases I take, Patsy? I like to help people get their money back when they've been gypped. But the people you have to associate with, who might they're just... There's nothing wrong with my clients, Patsy. They've just been trapped by easy money bait. can happen to almost anybody. I'm not talking about your clients. Oh, I feel sorry for most of them. But your work keeps you constantly around gangsters, hoodlums, cheap racketeers. Mm. Well, what kind of a detective would I have to be to hobnob exclusively with the upper crust? Hmm? Well, I don't know any other detective who never brushes up against honest, respectable people. Oh, really, Mike? You're clever enough to handle bigger things. Patsy, do you know any detective who makes more money than I do or charges his clients less? Now, that's not the point. Money is Money not... isn't everything? No. No, it isn't, but, uh, well, I get a lot of satisfaction from helping my clients, Patsy. Getting their money back for them, money they can't afford to lose. And I like to teach racketeers a lesson. Patsy, there's only one way you can hurt a racketeer without killing him, and that's hitting him in the pocketbook. Now, my clients aren't ever crooks. They... Well, how do you do, uh, something I can do for you, uh, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a case for you. Oh, a case? What kind of a case? Well, this is one... Got it, Lenny. The boss said he'd do the talking. Look, Trent, there's a lot of dough in this. You'll make plenty. Yeah, come on. Uh, come on where? To see the boss. He wants a conference with you. This is a real big business type stuff. A conference. Oh, but just who is the boss? But he's a guy Shut who... Shut up, Lenny. He said don't spill nothing. But Trent... No buts. You heard him say bring Trent and anybody else happens to be in his office. No rough stuff. He can help it, but bring him. And don't tell him nothing. Remember, Lenny? Well, sure, Grabs, but... Orders I... is orders. All right, come on, both of you. The dame, too, but she... No buts. Orders. Both of you, come on. Well, uh, just where do you think you're going to talk me into going? Uh, to the bar. Quiet. Mister, you're going with us, and we ain't talking you into it. We're taking you. No rough stuff, if we can help it. Yes, but I, uh, presume that bulge in your pocket isn't a slingshot. It's a thirty-eight. Only I won't use it. Oh, really? Well, if you'll give me a guarantee on that, I don't think I'll go with you. I won't use it. Lenny takes care of the rough stuff with his fists. You want to try him? Uh, no thanks. But uh, what's this all about, anyway? But the boss Shut wants Shut up, to... Lenny. Let the boss do the talking. You ready? Uh, now, look, fellas, there's no reason why Miss Ryan should be forced to go along. Orders. I don't mind at all, Michael. Really. 
If your clients weren't such lovely people, it would be different. But they're always such upright, respectable citizens. I'd love to go with you. Never mind, Lenny. Why, it's one of the most beautiful country estates I ever saw in my life. And I thought we were involved with gangsters. Oh, Michael, I apologize. Apparently, you have a very high-class client here. A lady, we ain't gangsters. We got one of the... Never mind what we got. The boss will tell him what he wants him to know. All right, come on, get out. Here he comes now to meet us. Mike, this is fantastic. Just as I make up my mind we've been kidnapped by hoodlums, we pull up at this gorgeous estate and... And that handsome elderly man comes down the lawn to greet us. Here they are, boss. Well, well. Good afternoon, Mr. Trent. Delighted to meet you. I've heard so much about your work. I'm happy you accepted my invitation. Invitation? Uh, won't you introduce me to the charming young lady, Mr. Trent? She's quite welcome here, I assure you. Any friend of yours... Uh, quite a charming way you pick your weekend guests, Mr. Uh... Oh, how stupid of me. I haven't introduced myself. Um, uh, Carvel... Barton H. Carvel. And the young lady, Mr. Trent? Hmm? Oh, Miss Patsy Ryan. Oh, well, so glad you could come, Miss Ryan. You're going to enjoy your stay here, I'm sure. Just how long am I invited for? Oh, that ready Irish wit, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I've always so admired it. Won't you come up to the house? We can talk much more freely there, and you must be very tired after your ride. Uh, sorry, Mr. Carvel. I, uh, I don't know what your game is, but I don't think I'm having any, thanks. Oh, now, Mr. Trent, please try not to be difficult. I lead a most respectable and conventional life here. I try to keep my employees from using any kind of violence. Won't you please cooperate? You want them up at the house right away, don't you, boss? Oh, now, 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 Grabs, try to remember that these people are our guests. We want them to feel welcomed. Well, so don't use any... Uh, not unless... But then... Uh... That's right, Grabs. Now, wait a minute. Oh, Mr. Trent, I'm so glad you understand. Well, this way, please. Now, what's this all about, Carvel? I don't get it. And why did your gorillas force Miss Ryan to come with me? She happened to be in your office. She might have caused trouble. In my business, I don't take any chances, Trent. Or just what is your business? Are you acquainted with football pools, Mr. Trent? Mm. You mean the gambling racket where the customer pays a dollar for a ticket with a combination of football or baseball teams and a score, and the high score for the week wins a prize? Uh, precisely. Rather roughly stated, but you do grasp the basic elements. Mr. Trent, I own the King Midas football and baseball pool. A big business tycoon. Oh, I knew you couldn't be a racketeer, Mr. Carvel, the minute I saw you. Now, think of it, Michael. The King Midas football pool. Uh, Miss Ryan, I don't appreciate your sarcasm. As a matter of information, it is big business. Much bigger than you realize. I have a network of distributors in nearly every state of the Union, each with numerous agents who deliver the pool tickets to cigar stores and handbooks. We offer a weekly first prize of $1,000, with numerous local prizes that total several times that much. Well, you're pretty reckless with your money, aren't you? Sell $100,000 or more worth of tickets a week and only give back a couple of thousand. I've uh, never complained about the profits. The point is, for the last two weeks, there haven't been any profits. Oh. 
You don't mean to say the public's finally gotten wise to what a jip your racket is. A hundred thousand to one shot that pays off a thousand to one. I don't care for that type of comment, Trent. Please confine your activity to listening for the time being. Sure, sure, go ahead. I'm listening. The, um, uh, what the betting public calls the payoff is vitally important in my business. Promptness in giving out the thousand dollar prize awards is imperative. The average little man in the street gambler loves long shots. He doesn't complain when he loses, but let him win and have any trouble collecting his money, and he yells to high heaven. So you're a student of psychology, too, huh? Oh, yes, 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 indeed. Now, getting back to my story, two weeks ago, we got a report of a winner, as usual. I wired the $1,000 to my agent in the territory with instructions to deliver the award. And the agent skipped with the 1000 No, he paid it. But I'd no sooner gotten the report of a winner than another report came in from another city and state. $1,000 again. Two people held winning combinations, huh? Two people held the same combination, and that's impossible. No two of the pool tickets are alike. But they were this time, huh? Not two, but ten, Mr. Trent. Ten tickets calling for payment of $1,000. What'd you do about it? I paid off. Paid $10,000 knowing that nine of the winners were fraudulent. I imagine you could afford it. Uh, yes. Yes, I could. It was apparent that there was some organized attempt at dishonesty. The tickets, the winning ones, were all sent to me. And uh, nine of them were forgeries. Nine of them had to be forgeries, Mr. Trent. But I don't know yet which is really the winning ticket. They're identical. The same kind of paper, the same type, the same printing ink. My printer can't tell which ticket he printed and which are the fakes. Hmm. So somebody picked up $9,000 without much work. Pretty clever. This last week, there were 25 winners. $25,000. Wow. You ought to go to the police. Miss Ryan, I am not amused. Now then, this has to stop, Trent. Somebody's framing me, trying to run me right out of business. Very interesting, Mr. Carvel. Now, uh, just what do you want me to do? You're acquainted with this sort of thing. You have a reputation for it. I want you to find out who's behind this before I'm ruined. Mm -mm. Sorry, Mr. Carvel. Right information, wrong man. Your business is catching crooks, gambling crooks. Crooks who are trying to cheat honest people, Carvel. But crooks who try to cheat crooked gamblers have my blessing. Be careful what you say, Trent. I am not crooked. I pay off. Oh, sure. Sure, $1,000 a week against a take at least 100 times that. Oh, you're a public benefactor, you are, aren't you? Taking dollars from errand boys. People who go without lunch to take a chance on winning $1,000 because it seems like all the money in the world to them. Giving them such a slim chance, they might just as well toss their money right in the river. You're not a crook. I disagree. Whether you agree or not is not important. I want you to find out who's trying to ruin me. And I said no thanks. I'm prepared to pay you $50,000 for your services, if you find the guilty party for me. Um, on a level... I shall post the money with a reliable person. Oh, Michael, you wouldn't... Uh, please, Patsy, $50,000 is a lot of money. But, Mike, Trent, you can. I rather think I can, Patsy. Yeah, well, uh, see you later, Mr. Carvel. Not so fast, Mr. Trent. You're conducting your investigations from here. Oh, well, I'll have to get out and talk to some of your agents around the country, your distributors, the retail places, some of the winners. That's one reason why you'll work from here. You'll have grabs as your chauffeur on those trips... He's an excellent driver, and he never gets lost. <laughs> he knows his way home. But how about me? I'm not staying here, am I? I'm afraid you are. What? Uh, now, Patsy, uh, let's not question Mr. Carvel's hospitality. 
Especially since it'll keep on costing him $25,000 a week not to make us welcome. What? Oh, no. No, not another Looks one. Looks like, boss. Here's the phone. Well, you answer it. I'm sick. 49 winners this week. $49,000. Hello? Yeah. Winner, huh? Okay, give me the name and address. Sure, we'll pay off. Just give no, me... No, no, we can't go on like this. I won't pay off. I won't be robbed by a bunch of dirty crooks. Easy, I won't boss. There's nothing else you can do. You've got to pay. I have to do no such thing. When swindlers deliberately set out to rob me blind, I don't have Remember to... what happened to Joe Framwell, boss? He didn't pay off on a ticket, and he went out of business awful quick with a bullet through his head from a bum loser. But I... Don't talk about him. And even if the winners don't get sore enough to plug you, you're still out of business. Nobody's buying pool tickets without a payoff. But, great Scott, how many payoffs do there have to be? Fifty this week. Fifty thousand dollars. Trent! Uh, yes. Trent, you've accomplished nothing so far. Good Lord, man, I can't wait around here all summer. Uh, if I could talk to you alone without Lenny and Grabs around, I might be able to help you. Uh, look, mister, if you think he's going to frame Grabs and me on Shut this up. Business, Let him talk. Well, I think he's bluffing. Look, when I'm working for $50,000, I don't bluff. And I wouldn't take a chance of letting someone jip me out of it by tipping off the guilty party. Oh, so that's your angle, eh? All right, boys, clear out. Yes, and... Uh, Get far enough from the door so your ears can't pick up anything either, huh? You want us to go, boss, on the level? Trent doesn't have a gun. He couldn't do anything. He could try to get away from here. With Miss Ryan still here? No, no. I don't think so. Go on. Well, if you say so. Hey, come on. Now look, boss, if he tries anything, you just holler. We'll be waiting. Well, all right, Trent. What is this strictly confidential matter you want to discuss? I've found your man. You but What? Then why in the name of common sense uh, haven't not, you... Not so fast, Carvel. I, uh... I won't talk until you've put your money on the line. Now, look. I'm not giving you the money till you've given me something besides mysterious talk. Oh, I don't want your money until I've delivered the man to you with absolute proof of his guilt. Oh. You want to get away? Is that your angle? Well, you still have Miss Ryan. Well, um, how long will you need to be gone? About over three or four hours, alone. No grabs or Lenny to help me. But I... All right, very well, I think that can be arranged. But no tricks, remember. Because Miss Ryan will still be here. You'd hate to have anything happen to her, wouldn't you? Oh, if anything happens to her, Carvel, you'll regret it as much as I will. What? You mean to say Mike Trent drove off and left me here alone? Oh, now, 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 my dear, you're not in any danger. That is, unless he tries to be dishonest with me. I can't understand him anyway. Taking a case from a crook like you. Oh, oh, oh careful with your language, my dear. It isn't like Mike. He hates your kind of people. Oh, he has something in common with most sensible men, Miss Ryan. He likes money, especially in large round figures. Yes, Grabs? Oh, boss. You shouldn't have let that guy Trent get away from here alone. No? Why not? He might have gone straight to the cops. I may come back here with a couple of squad cars. Well, 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 you don't say. He could do it, boss, easy. And with what he's got on you, 
Oh, boy. <laughs> You're a genius, Scrabs. A positive genius. Just why do you think I had Lenny Taylor? Huh? You mean you didn't let him leave alone? My dear, I never take chances. If he tries to bring any law enforcement officers into this, I'll get a call from Lenny. There won't be anyone here when they get back. What? Not even you. I can't understand what's taking Michael so long. How long did you say he'd be gone? He's back, boss. Just coming in the driveway. Hello? Oh, there's somebody with him. A dame. What? A woman? Oh, but that's impossible. Nothing's impossible with Mike. Yeah, not even a very good-looking dame, Mike. Uh, not anywhere near as good-looking as... Uh, oh, well, uh, well, thank you, Grabs. I'm flattered half to death. She's kind of, uh, well, shabby from what I've seen of her. Michael Trent, what in the Hi, world... Hi, Patsy. Sorry I had to leave without you. I hope you weren't worried. Worried? Mike Trent, someday uh, I'm going If to... we might dispense with a little social amenities, please. Uh, Trent. Do you want me to believe that this woman with you is the crook who's been trying to run me out of business? Well, I told you I'd bring back the guilty party, didn't I? This is Mrs. Joe Framwell. What? Remember? Joe Framwell, he was a competitor of yours. He got shot for not paying off on a winning baseball pool. But that's ticket. a lie. He was murdered by these crooks to scare their competition out of business. Madam, please, do you think I'd soil my hands with murder? Oh, don't put on such a noble act, Mr. Carvel. You killed Joe. Maybe not with your own gun. Maybe not in person, but you set out the word. I'd like to get this straight. Mrs. Framwell, your husband was in competition with Carvel, running another football pool? Yes, but he was just one of the little people out in front who take the chances for the big shots. Carvel's outfit began making threats, telling him to quit or, or something would happen to him. They told the same thing to the other agents, but, but they had to pick Joe for their fall guy. As I remember this case, he was found with a winning number in his hand and a bullet through his head. It was proved he worked for some little, uh, little fly-by-night football pool outfit. Whether he was given the money to pay off the winner and kept it for himself Don't or... Don't lie like that. Joe was honest. He wouldn't steal from anybody. He wouldn't have been doing such dirty, rotten work if he hadn't been framed and sent to jail once. So he couldn't get a job anywhere else. He wasn't hurting anybody. Other people were doing dishonest things around him, well... Well, he had to make a living. My dear lady, did it ever occur to you that your husband might have been killed by members of his own uh, organization? No, you killed him. Your outfit made all the threats. You wanted it all to yourself, all that dishonest money. Just a minute. You admit that you're responsible for what's been happening to me. Admit it. I'm proud of it. And I'll keep right on doing it until you're out of business. I'm afraid you're quite mistaken there, Mrs. Framwell. Also, I'm hurt that you should be so vindictive. You bet I'm vindictive. Maybe Joe didn't amount to so much, but, but we were in love with each other. He was just trying to make a living. Trying to make enough to get by. And then a dirty crook like you comes along and kills him. And now you're sorry I'm vindictive. Don't get hysterical, Mrs. Framwell. Now then, just how have you been... Oh, don't you wish you knew? Frankly, yes. Well, you're never going to find out. Do you have any idea how she managed to work this business, Trent? I simply can't understand it. It's ridiculously simple, Carvel. Oh? Then suppose you explain. Surely. Mrs. Framwell made arrangements with a good printer. She bought a few baseball pool tickets and told the printer she wanted exact copies, even as to paper. 
She was willing to pay well enough to make it worthwhile. How about it, Mrs. Framwell? Am I correct so far? I... Yes. But the, the people with the winning numbers from different cities all over the country, she couldn't She have... couldn't, but she did. The first week, she had people in ten different cities go in and buy a football pool ticket. The minute the last game was over, her printer fixed up the fake tickets. The tickets were delivered to her stooges real fast. Oh, you're out of your head, ma'am. The woman didn't have the money for an operation like that. Why, it would take a, a whole organization, a big organization, and it would cost a good deal. Oh. If what Mr. Trent has told me is correct, however, Mrs. Framwell, I propose to find out from you who invested that money. And do you think you could do anything that would hurt me worse than what you've already done? Murdering Joe? Oh, no. And you're through, Carvel. Washed up. On the contrary, Mrs. Framwell. It's you who are washed up. Ah, Grabs. Where have you been? Putting Trent and the dame's luggage in the car, like you told me. Isn't Lenny back yet? I ain't seen hiding a trace of him. Odd. He was supposed to stay right behind Trent. And I'd like him to take Trent and Miss Ryan back to the city immediately. So? I was being followed, huh? Naturally. I told you before, old man, that I don't take chances. Even if it means breaking a promise? Honesty and promises have their place, but not in my business. I wish Lenny would hurry up. Well, I could drive back myself if you're so anxious to have me leave. And uh, Lenny could pick up the car in town tomorrow. No, we'll have to wait. Yes, as a matter of fact, Carvel, Miss Ryan and I aren't ever supposed to reach town, are we? Why, my dear fellow, I simply don't know what you're talking about. Nobody knows you're connected with the King Midas football pool. You've spent a lot of money on your masquerade as an amiable, retired businessman. You've hired plenty of front men, but nobody's ever been able to get to the boss. You're being rather melodramatic, aren't you? Patsy and I know all about your connections, Carvel. We know who your key men are. If we ever talk, you could get the book. You'd hardly betray me after my paying you $50,000. I'm not going to hold my breath till I get that money. Well, Mr. Trent, I congratulate you. You're even more astute than I thought. You mean to say you don't plan to pay Mike that money? Well, I would have preferred to play the game to the finish, but if he wants to be blunt about it, well, it can't hurt anything now, can it? You got him here to help you, to do a dirty job, to, to bring in a woman who had plenty of reason for trying to hurt you. And after he's done the job, you'd kill him? Miss Ryan, I'm genuinely sorry that there's no other way to handle things, but I could hardly trust either of you. You should be able to appreciate my position. Michael, why don't you slug him? Now go ahead, Michael. Try it, I dare you. Now, 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 Grabs. Mr. Trent has performed a service for us. We mustn't be any more unpleasant than is necessary. Now then, who financed your plot against me, Mrs. Framwell? Either you'll tell... No. Or... Oh, go ahead and tell him, Mrs. Framwell. What? You mean... You mean really? Mm -hmm. I mean really. It can't hurt now. I'm waiting, Mrs. Framwell. Who financed your little scheme? It was... It was Mr. Trent. I'm afraid you don't understand, Mrs. Framwell. I said I wouldn't stand for any nonsense. Who financed you? I told you. Mr. Trent. She's telling the truth, Carvel. I financed her. As a matter of fact, I planned the whole scheme from start to finish. Isn't that a bit fantastic? The police believe Joe Framwell was killed by a holder of a winning football pool ticket. One who hadn't been paid off. Well, they weren't able to find anyone who'd bragged about holding a winning ticket. That struck me as odd. Go on. Getting a winner in a football pool happens so seldom. The uh, average person brags to high heaven about it. He advertises. 
Well, we couldn't find anybody who'd held that winning ticket. Perhaps the murderer was discreet enough to keep quiet. There was a glaring fallacy to what the police were supposed to believe. You see, if a man had held a winning ticket and had come to Framwell expecting to be paid off, he certainly wouldn't have known he was going to commit murder. That idea would never have occurred to him until after Framwell's failure to pay. Well, brilliant deduction, Trent. You know, you're quite amazing. And the fake ticket gave you an idea? Oh, no, no, not till Mrs. Framwell had come to me for help. She was sure her husband had been murdered by the King Midas Pool, but she couldn't even find out who the King Midas Pool was. She wanted the head of the outfit. There didn't seem to be any head. Oh, agents, distributors, territory managers, yes, but no boss. Quite so. Well, getting a rat out of his hole is quite a trick. One good way to do it is to starve him out. Well, I figured the one way to bring the boss of the King Midas pool into the open was to start banging away at his money, which I did. But, Mike, you couldn't possibly have known he'd come to you for help. He's a very clever man, Miss Ryan. You should be quite proud of him. He took care of that rather adroitly. How? Practically every key man in my organization told me that Trent would be the one man who could help me. Yes, I uh, staged a little propaganda campaign and then uh, hoped for the best. It worked. Yes, it did. And now I wonder what satisfaction you're going to get from it. Oh, any one of your breed I can put out of business is a big enough satisfaction, Carvel. <laughs> but you see, I'm not out of business. And I don't intend to be. As soon as Lenny gets back, he'll take you toward town. Lenny's loyalty is simply wonderful. I'm quite sure you'll never make it. Oh, here he is now. Lenny, what took you so long? I've been worried about you. Uh. You're worried, huh? Look, this guy here gives me the slip on the way back. He takes all kinds of crazy turns and stuff, and I get lost. I'm afraid you're wrong, Carvel. You see, I got rid of Lenny long enough to call the police. What? Yes, a couple of squad cars are on the way. He's got a spot. Shut up! Well, they haven't got me yet. Miss Ryan, you and I are leaving together. If they get within shooting distance, I'm using you as my shield. This would be a good time for one of your magic tricks, Mike. Get in front of me, Miss Ryan. Go on, move. You heard him. Let's go. But I... You're too late, Carvel. Open up, please. Cops boss at the door, and no, we ain't got a chance. You better get rid of your guns, boys. They have orders to shoot anyone with a gun. That's good enough for me. Here. No, Grabs, don't. I ain't swapping bullets with any squad of cops. Here. I'll take yours too, Carvel. Why, you? That's better. Now we'll all go outside, huh? There ain't nobody here. Who was that? Oh, uh, I, I neglected to tell you, Grabs. You see, I used to be a ventriloquist. What? Yes, and, uh... Uh, those knocks you heard were a spirit rapping device. It's just a little gimmick that fits around your waist, you see. A little wooden sounding box with a hammer inside it. The kind children use for noisemakers. Uh, flexing the body muscles makes it work. Here, listen. You mean... You mean there aren't any police out here? Well, sometimes you don't need the police if you have a good gimmick. So, uh, from here on, Carvel, you're my guest. Let's go. the ex-magician turned rackets detective for a final word. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed tonight's story. The big-time football and baseball pool racket gives you such a slim chance it doesn't have to be crooked. It's just a fancy form of larceny. I hope you don't fall for it. Next week, I'm going to bring you a story about one of the most elegant devices for parting people from their money. A crooked roulette wheel. 
If you've ever played roulette or wanted to play the game, I think you'll find it most enlightening. Until then, this is Mike Trent signing off with a thought that when you gamble with a professional, he isn't doing any gambling. Remember, there's no such thing as easy money. Be sure to listen next Sunday night at this time for another expose of gambling frauds and confidence games featuring Mike Trent, the famous ex-magician turned rackets detective. Featured in tonight's cast were Larry Haynes, Jerry Ann Raphael, Irene Wicker, Ivor Francis, and Maurice Tarklin. Easy Money is produced and directed by Blair Walliser for Air Shows Incorporated. Tonight's script was written by George B. Anderson. This is Bill McCord speaking. Join your... Welcome back. Well, excellent writing on this. And I have to admit, I did not see that twist coming the first time I listened to it. But it is a pretty clever twist that uh, really does take you by surprise. And once again, we do see this uh, idea. And it's one that is used even when so-called nonviolent criminals are uh, shown. That really, when they face exposure, the veneer of respectability will disappear and the true thuggishness beneath will come out. Something that is often used to add excitement that people uh, may feel they're missing out on with uh, non-murder stories. Well, we actually only have four episodes of this series, which is a real shame. So coming up in four uh, weeks will be another NBC series, Crime and Peter Chambers. So be sure and listen for that. But next Tuesday, it'll be another episode of Easy Money. Tomorrow, The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.